Welcome to the Encounter Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this week's message. And then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. There was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. Prepared as a bride, beautiful. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Now the dwelling of God is with men. He will live with them. He will be his people. And God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. I got saved on that day. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. He said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. He said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To him who is thirsty, I will give to drink without cost from the spring of the water of life. He who overcomes will inherit all this. And I will be his God and he will be my Spirit and the bride say, Come. Yeah. Let him who hears say, Come. Whoever is thirsty, let him come. And whoever wishes, let him take the free gift of the water of life. Lord, you said for us to watch and pray. This is the The naysayer, naysayer will be silent. All the earth will bow before you. Lord, let us be let us be ready, Jesus. Let us be ready, Lord. Jesus. Let us be ready.
Oh, thank you. That's how he experienced that hymn. Yes, there we go. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor. Uh, this is uh, my pastor's right here. This is our home church, uh, and uh, it's good to be home. Thank you, everyone. <laughs> it's good to be home. This is home. Um, I have two things that I just, uh, and I'll, I'll try and run this through quick, but I got to tell you a couple stories today. Um, the two words that I got while we were worshiping today was, um, and this will, I just, the Lord just translated to my heart and, and everyone here, just what God will speak to you, he'll speak to me what he wants to say. But this is what I heard. While we were worshiping, I heard um, two words. I heard bigger picture. Whatever that means, bigger picture. And the other thing I heard was make the most of every opportunity. Bigger picture. What I was kind of getting, I don't know, was, uh, you know, there's whatever's going on right now for you and for me, there is a bigger picture. I just, I, I feel we could just say law right on that for, for a couple years. There's a bigger picture to whatever's going on in your life and my life right now. You ever seen one of those, I don't know, for me it's a little bit annoying, those videos you see sometimes on YouTube or, you know, this when, when people take their phone in Instagram mode where it's vertical, you know, and there's stuff going on in the right and the left, and you see the clear picture in the middle, but there's just part of me that wants to like, man, what's going on over there on the margins, you know? And that's what I'm talking about. There's stuff going on in the margins of my life and your life. God's in control of those margins. There's stuff that may seem out of focus to you right now, but is way in focus to him. He knows he's got the whole picture. There's a bigger picture. This is exciting for me to be here for a lot of reasons. One is that what the stories I'm about to tell you uh, at, at several points, you may have to like pinch yourself and say, wow, is he telling the truth? <laughs> yes, I am. But some of the people that were there in the meetings when the word came and the things have happened are in this room. I can't say that from the, where I was last week. They don't know that. But you know that. Um, that song we just played, I learned from uh, oh, this brother right here. <laughs> Wes Montoya, 1985. Boy, thank you, Wes. Uh, I had just come in uh, from, to this, from the symphony. I was in the middle of my, my degree uh, in, the, in San Francisco, you know, the cello thing. I'm going to go, bro. I'm going to go, bro. I was telling this, and uh, <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you. I'm better with a bow. I'm not so good with a mic. Um, and, you know, I, I, can I say this? Uh, uh, also, I, as, I, as I share this today, if something just grabs along the way, just hold on to it and grab it if it's for you. I don't know. But just there, maybe there's something in there. I'm just going to tell you my story. And we live in Hawaii now, so we talk story out there. <laughs> so I'm just going to say my story. I had prepared as a teenager to play this thing. I know maybe somebody was maybe a little scared today. If you haven't seen this before, what's he going to do? Play Beethoven and do all this? No. No, no, it's worship. It's an instrument of worship. Amen? Well, I was on my trajectory. My trajectory. I had, I had prepared, and I was, you know, getting ready to do my thing in my career. And as I was in school, finishing off my master's, doing it. I was headed for the symphony. That's where I was going. And uh, <clears throat> God interrupted my life. I thank God for the divine interruptions of our life. I would not be here today if God had not interrupted my life. Here's how we did it. Uh, I was, um, 
I was playing in, in a, 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 a orchestra concert. Two things had happened. One was I was playing in an orchestra concert in Fresno, just down the road here. And I still remember the hall. I still remember there was three or 4,000 people there that day. And I was doing my thing. I had practiced. I would worked hard. I was doing it. I got the job. I was doing it. But on the last page of this, oh, it is Beethoven. On the last page of this Beethoven symphony, I'm playing through, and the Holy Spirit chose that moment to talk. I'm on stage in my tuxedo, doing, I was looking, you know, the part. And the Lord said, um, I want to show you something. I said, what do you want to show me, Lord? I want to show you the exit signs above the door of this place. Okay, Lord, I see that. I'm still playing. This is live while I'm playing. You see the exit doors? Yes, Lord, I see those. I want to show you a vision of what's outside those doors. And the Lord showed me, and what I saw just in, this, in, my, in the spirit, I just saw this pile of luggage, suitcases and attaches and backpacks and all. And the Lord said, that represents all the burdens of life that everyone came in here with today. They paid $100 to hear your symphony. It's beautiful music. I gave it to Beethoven. It's beautiful. But I want to show you the other half of the vision. And he said, I want to show you the people leaving today. And it had about 10 measures left of this symphony before the end of the concert. Just enough time for the Lord to show this last thing. And he said, when they leave today, and I saw the people picking up all the burdens that they came in with. And they fished through the pile, and they found the one that was theirs. That was their shape, their size, backpack, attache, whatever it was. Some big suitcases, huge things, boxes. They found it. And then the Lord dropped this just nuclear bomb on me. And he said, um, do you realize that the people are going to leave today totally unchanged by what you did with a gift I give you in music? And are you, are you okay with that? You've got to understand that the, the context here is I had spent over a decade practicing this instrument like crazy to get there. But you know, the Lord will take things of your past and bring them, fast forward them into your future and use them for his purpose when you think it's over. And you think there's no way. Because I said, I said, what, Lord? And he said, I've called you to music ministry and missions. I had two measures left of this Beethoven. Just enough time. The Lord said, I've called you to music ministry and missions. You need to resign. Oh, really? Part of me was, but you know, part of me was excited. When the Lord speaks to you, you're excited. But there's another part, as soon as you look at the waves, right? And, and you're, what? And I had, you know, how is cello going to fit in? I mean, we had a wonderful time worshiping today. <laughs> I used to think this, bro. How is cello going to fit, classical cello from the symphony going to fit in, in a worship context in today's worship? Um, Wes helped me out with that. Uh, yeah, when I came, I, I asked, I remember, asked, I asked Wes in 1985 when I came, I said, where's the music? And he said, oh, be all right, brother. <laughs> just flow, Pastor Violet, man, just flow, just play, just play. But then something else happened, <coughs> and that was um, this precious little lady came to our little Bible study at our um, school. I was doing class also in the conservatory. And she came over, and... Uh, Brought her dad with her, and uh, brother Whitney came over there, and uh, Violet Kitely just took two hours, and she said, do you mind if I just tell you who you are? And there's five of us in this conservatory, we're all trained musicians to do this. And she took two hours and unpacked the tabernacle of David and said, let me tell you, this is who you are. You are supposed to be at the front, all the worshipers, all the singers, all the musicians are supposed to be in front of the armies today in this last day taking the glory of God, and the enemy's going fight, to fight itself. 
if they worship. The worship's got to come to the front. That's who you are. Okay, so it was just the most riveting thing. So I came to church. I, I came to church the next Sunday when Wes told me to, it's all right, don't worry about the music. Uh, I, thank you, brother. He taught me that song. And so I came, and I tried my best. You know, I, I didn't know anything about the Holy Spirit or anything. I just was, wow, this is just, wow. And, uh, uh, and then the same, same little lady came over to me, and she, she gave a word of the Lord. Never heard of it. Gave a prophecy, gave a word of the Lord. She goes, the Lord is going to take you and your cello before the kings and presidents and leaders of the world. And he's going to, there's great glory for God's going to come through it. He's going to touch many lives and, and it's got to be the, to the glory of God. Well, again, I just have to say, was a little, I, I'm, I am from Twin Falls, Idaho. I, I'm, you know, I, I just, part of me was, wow, that's amazing. But there was another real part of me that, can I just be real today? There was another really real part of me that was like, never. I know where I'm from. Never. And so if, this, if you can identify with this, I promptly put that word, as exciting as it was on the one hand, the, the other part, the doubts, put that word high, what I call the shelf of unbelief in my heart. And if you have, I don't know, I just want to encourage you today, I'm speaking to myself too, if there's any word of the Lord that is on a shelf high up somewhere, like you really shelved it, you know, up there, in unbelief, because there's just no way that's ever going to happen. Well, I put it up there. And uh, it wasn't too long after that when uh, I was doing one of my last, because I had resigned, you know, I was doing one of my last uh, concerts in San Francisco, and I was... Um, I came to, the, I was about almost late to this thing. I, I rolled into the parking lot. It was at the Palace of Legion of Honor in San Francisco. And um, Anyway, I came in five minutes before to, I was supposed to play. This, you know, arrived at the last second. And then this security guard came out because hanging from the building were these huge, three stories tall Spanish flags. And uh, it looked pretty important. So I, I this, the security guard came out, and she said, are you Doug McClure, the cello player? I said, yes. She goes, well, you guys, your little group here, you're first on the program. You better get in there. So I, I asked. I said, you know, uh, those look like um, Spanish flags, are they? Oh, yes, they are. And then I remembered this paper, this contract. At the bottom of the contract, under client, it said, um, for this concert, it said, King of Spain. And I... I, I was, shelf of unbelief, right? So I thought it was King of Spain caterers from South City somewhere. And so I didn't really take it serious. Well, I saw these flagships, and I said, is this, um, this wouldn't be like, like King Juan Carlos of, of Spain coming tonight, would it? And she goes, yes, and Queen Sofia. You better hurry up. You got one minute left. <laughs> so I ran in there. And I sat down, and uh, one minute later, in comes Juan Carlos and Queen Sofia of Spain. And then I wish, I wish I, I, this, I just have to be real today. I wish I could tell you this amazing miracle story right now. There is miracles, but right now, because of the shelf of unbelief, where I put it, I wasn't ready. And so this king came in, and here's what he did. He came in, pastor, he stopped. He stopped all the, ma all the television and all the cameras, came over, put a hand on my shoulder, and he said, young man, very pridefully, he said, you know, the greatest cello player in the world is from my country, Spain. And he's right. A guy named Pablo Casals in the last century. Amazing cello player. From my Spain, my country, Spain. 
And then he backed up, crossed his arms, and he said, would you play something just for me? For you, I'm sorry. I just have to apologize right now. I'm sorry. All of you watching online too, I'm also sorry. But I don't remember what I played. But it was not God. It was not anointed. It was just entertainment. And the king, he, he appreciates it. Thanks. Continued on. Later that evening, the Holy Spirit, he was very kind, right? But he's he getting hold of you. And he said, um, well, that was king number one. Um, you kind of blew it with that one. <laughs> and I could hear that. Now I, now I could really hear that voice. Kings, presidents, prime ministers. Wow. So I said, I'm sorry, Lord. He goes, I'm glad you are because um, that was king number one. The others are lined up coming. And he said, when I speak a word, I'll fulfill the word. Maybe not in your timing. For my timing, can I tell you that word was given in 1985, and that word is still taking place in my life today, 30 plus years later. Ah, and, and everything builds, you know, everything builds. So that was, but that was, okay. So I, I'm gonna quickly now run through this, because that was that was the the word was given. The point is that I didn't really take it serious. I didn't believe it, and so I just, Lord, let us believe what you say. <laughs> Let us believe what you say. Lord, help us right now to take down in our hearts, take down the word of the Lord to us. Maybe got a little dust on it. Let's bring it down, blow it off, dust it off, and rehearse it again. Just as King Josiah rehearsed the word of the Lord to the nation of Israel. Let us rehearse again. What did you say, Lord? What did you say? Our in Jesus' name, amen. Our, our, our timing is just not God's timing. That's all I can tell you. It's not. I don't know why in my life, maybe this is you, but in my life, God seems to move really powerfully at 11.59, man. Anybody identify with that? 11.59? I've asked the Lord to have coffee at 11.30. Can we go to Starbucks and have a chat? 11.30, let's pray about it. <laughs> now, 11.59. 1159. Um, uh, so, okay, so, so the word happened, and then another thing happened. This uh, cello, this is number two, as Pastor mentioned. It is number two. Number one was I was, uh, a cello was on sale in San Francisco. Long story short, but I got it for a few, few days just to try it out. And I thought, what a beautiful instrument. It was, at that time, was $200,000 on sale. I couldn't buy it, but the guy who found it for me, he said, just check it out for like a library book for two or three days, play it. It's your, it's your chance to play the, you know, to drive the Lamborghini for a day or two and uh, enjoy it. He said, I can't buy it. I said, I know you can't buy it, but go ahead. So I did. And so I, uh, in the midst of this, I said, God, wouldn't it be awesome to play such a world-class thing for you and for your honor, for your glory. And then I, I began, as I began to pray about it, I felt like the Holy Spirit gave me a key to prayer that I just want to share with you that I'm still, I, God is still sharing with me all the time. And he just really clearly, because I was getting ready to ask for the thing that I wanted. But the Holy Spirit said, um, let me tell you what I'm doing in the earth today. I am saving souls 
and I'm touching lives, whether that's healing, physical, mental, emotional, whatever it is, but I'm a healing, I, I'm, I'm saving souls, and I'm touching lives, and all the way that lives are touched, and that's it. And everything you're doing should somehow be re- related to getting souls saved or lives being touched for the kingdom. If you and I are doing something that is not related to that, we might, we might want to just got to pray that, pray that through and ask God, God, how can, what do you want me to do? Uh, how, how, how have you gifted me? How, what are you calling me to? What is the word to me? But it's, how is it connected to souls getting saved and lives getting touched? Now, that's very broad, I understand, but how many, how many things are we doing that are not part of that? Just, I'm just being honest. How many things, you know? And I, and I, and I said, wow, Lord, I was going to ask for a cello. He said, we're getting there. But he said, I want you to pray right about this. This is a big thing. Because I didn't have the faith for this. 200,000 did not have the faith for it. I had to ask for that. And the Lord said, okay. So I said, okay, God. All right, let's take this at step one. Would you save a soul and touch a life through the, and get a testimony through the provision of an instrument of worship for the world, for, for this? Would you, would you do it that way? And I felt like the Lord said, yes, I'll do it that way. Thanks for asking that way. And, and so, uh, while, I'm in, while I'm in prayer, and this is, this is where the story gets a little wild, but the ones that are seated here know it's going to testify that it's, what I'm about to say is true. <laughs> while I was praying, the Lord crossed the name of a multi-billionaire across my mind at that moment. She said, you need to write a letter to him and uh, tell him about it. Well, I thought, wow, that's okay. Gave me the name. The Lord gave me the name. I said, okay, so I, I wrote a letter, told him about the cello. But then something else, and some, some may identify with this, something else I did was um, one letter wasn't, wasn't really very good odds. <laughs> I meant that that way, odds. We don't play odds with God. And so I wrote three letters. I got two more that I thought were kind of a little better, better person, you know. One guy had, um, had given a million dollars to the Dallas Symphony. So I thought, well, there's someone who's interested in music. Another guy had given, I don't know, several million dollars to, to Young Life or some other Christian ministry. I thought, well, there's a Christian. The guy, the guy that the Lord gave, the name he gave me was an agricultural farmer who, who quit school at, age, uh, at uh, eighth grade. <laughs> he said, that's who you need to write the letter to. <laughs> and so I was on the way to the post office with my three letters and if you can, I just got to be real. I was on the way. I was walking down the street in North Oakland where I lived. I was walking down and the Holy Spirit just busted me there. And he said, what are you doing with three letters? I said, Lord, I'm, I'm faithfully doing what you said. No, you're not. He said, he said this is going to be one of the hardest things for you to do, but you got to do it. At the next trash bin, I want you to take the two letters that you did, tear them up, and throw them away. And then continue your walk to the post office. I'm just telling you, that's what happened. And so it was, but I, I'll be honest with you, it was really hard to tear up those two letters. And the Lord, when I did, the Lord said, that, good, good, good. It's going to feel better in just a minute. He said, but right now, <laughs> he said, right now, that was your last two attempts in the flesh to accomplish a miracle that I want to do that you can't touch. In the end. I was like, oh, oh. Okay, Lord. So I threw it away. I, wrote, I sent the letter. 
and uh, now, now I send it fast. I, I put it in Fed, FedEx. Because I said, if this is really the Lord's letter, I want this thing to get there overnight. So I got it, and the next, uh, the next morning, I was walking out of my apartment. Still didn't quite, I still was learning to trust, right? I'm still learning to trust. Uh, and and I, 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 the phone rang. I was leaving the apartment. The phone rang, and I thought, oh, I better go get that. So I went, and I picked it up. Back in the day of telephones, not cell phone. I picked up the phone, and uh, on the other line, hi, son. Just got your letter. Wow. And I knew, you know, two or three sentences into it, it's probably not saved. It's pretty, pretty colorful language and all. And so I said, wow, he's not, not a Christian. All right, so that took away one letter. <laughs> not a Christian. And he said, you know, my wife's trying to explain to me what a cello is. I really don't know. And so that took away the music letter. <laughs> I was like, I am really in the hands of God here. <laughs> and, so, and so he said, you know, I get 100 letters like this every day, and I just toss them in the round file. I don't even read them. But he said, I don't know. Yours is the weirdest one I ever got. And he said, I just can't throw it away. I don't know, how, I don't know why. I can't. And I said, well, and, that, and then, you know those moments when you, you just, you sense like the Holy Spirit's kind of stepped into your thing and stepped into your situation? I just felt this anointing of God. I, I said, well, if you want to hear it, I'll put the cello in the car and I'll drive from, from the Bay Area here up to where he was in the Pacific Northwest. I said, I'll drive up there and play it for you. He said, well, it wouldn't matter much, but if you want to. <laughs> I put the cello in the car. I drove there immediately, 12 hours, drove there. And uh, next day I was in his living room. Wow, this billionaire. I did never, I didn't know him. He did not know me. There was no connection. So I'm sitting there and... Uh, um, so I, I, well, okay. <coughs> this is going to mean something. So I took the cello and, uh, and this is what I played. Thank you. Oh, I tried my best. I tried my best, but as soon as I finished, he said, um, well, I don't know if you're good or not. <laughs> you know, 
the Lord just wants to remove us from the situation so that he can come through and do his thing, is what I'm saying. So I was like, wow, okay, zero plus God. That's where we are. And so, so he said, uh, a young man, $200,000 seems like a lot of money for a piece of wood that size. You know, I said, well, um, tried to explain. <laughs> you know, tried to explain. And then once again, in comes the Holy Spirit in that room. And he said, you know, I don't know why, but I just, I just feel compelled to do it. I'm going to do it. So he did it. He did it. And, uh, well, he said, come to my office tomorrow morning, and we'll talk about it. So I, so I just was like, wow, you know. So I went in the next day, and he said, you know, I'll tell you. I talked to my lawyers and everybody, and, and if I just give this to you today, then I have to pay $20,000 in gift tax to the government, and I don't want to pay him one nickel more. So he said, so here's the deal. I'm never going to play it. Why don't you play it? And uh, he said, if you write me a check once a month for $1, um, that would be like rent. How about that? You just play as long as you like. And, uh, you know, I, I was like, what? So, so I said, how about 95 cents? No, I didn't. I didn't, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. I did not say that. I did not say that. How to, <laughs> how to blow a miracle that God's doing in your life. <laughs> so, so I, of course, you know, so I'm driving home, and I'm just like, OMG, what can I say, OMG, oh my God, it's ha it happened, it's, wow, you know, and uh, it happened, and then I have to, uh, I'll come back forward, and then I'll come back, a month later, I, when I wrote the first check for the dollar, I just started laughing, Stephen Ports, I started laughing, it was the most funniest thing I ever did, I was writing this, and something just hit me, and the Lord, I was like, I'm writing a one dollar check, the smallest check I ever wrote to anyone, <laughs> to a man that's worth six billion dollars. Wow. And you know, and, and his company cashed it. Wow. There you go. Right there. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so I, so I, I was, anyway, back to, back to where I was. I'm driving home and uh, I called everybody in my address book that I could and I told them, God, God did a miracle. This is amazing. And one guy who was a, a, a friend of mine over at USF, he was a student over there. He said, um, say, could you, um, if you're not doing anything tonight, once you arrive back, could you come over and share this story with my roommate? Um, He's, we're, we're roommates here in college, and he's, he's an atheist. And he told me that if I tell him about Jesus one more time, uh, he's going to kick me out. And he said, so you're not me, so let's do one more time with someone else. So I said, all right. So he said, so technically he can't kick me out because he's not me. So I went over there. You know, and, but can I say one other thing? I said earlier, the Lord gave me this word about make the most of every opportunity. That guy was making the most of every opportunity. Because he, he literally told him, if you say one more thing about Jesus, I'm kicking you out. And so he squeezed the, the rag a little more and got one little more drop out of it that was someone else. So technically he couldn't say anything, but the word of the Lord came. Well, I went there, and I told him, told him the story. And he said, uh, he said, wait a minute, a total stranger bought this cello for you, $200,000 yesterday. And, uh, and uh, he said, can I just hold it? Sometimes, you know. It's okay. He just had to touch it. Sometimes you just got to touch it. And he's he holding it. He's holding it. And uh, he said, you know, I'm an atheist. I don't believe in God, but uh, what else does God do if he exists? <laughs> well, <laughs> the rest of the evening is history. And he gave his life to Jesus. <laughs> yeah, amen. But that's, um, 
That's, I'm just getting warmed up. That's this is just the beginning. No, I got something to share with you. I got to dump this truck on you right now. It's such a good, so good. And so he got saved. And then the Lord just reminded me that, you know, you know those times when he takes you back to a prayer that you prayed before and reminds you what you said and what he told you to say and how he guided you. And so I heard the Lord saying, ask for a soul to be saved and a life to be touched. Oh, yeah, Lord, that's soul number one, or the king number one, the soul number one. Um, will, you, will you faithfully do that? So I said, okay, Lord, I got it, I got it, I got it. Okay. And uh, I thought I got it. But um, anyway, so, so now, fast forward a few years. The Lord opened so many doors, I just can't even tell you. I was more busy ever than I was in the symphony. I was more busy in music ministry and missions, which I thought wouldn't work. And the Lord just, t- he didn't really tell me how it would work. When he, when he said he called me, he just said, just trust me, I'll, I'll, I'll work it out. I'll show you how it will work. It reminded me of a vision, of a dream that my wife had when we got married. We just celebrated our 25th this year. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Noel, I wish she could be here. Yeah, precious friend, Noel, so great. Oh, I got to tell you, she's part of this next story. Noel, she, um, yeah, she, anyway, so, so God did, <laughs> God did, God did this great thing. So a number of years went by. And the Lord fulfilled his word. It was just leader after leader. It was unusual, crazy situation after unusual, crazy situation that came up. And they just, just the Lord fulfilled his word. Well, still doing it. But then one, one came, and I want to, this is again the, the, what I heard during the worship today, that make the most of every opportunity. How far, how far, I just think God's challenging us. How far can we run with a little thing? And, you know, and where I get, what I'm talking about here is in the book of Acts, there's a passage, you know, where Paul is talking to um, Agrippa in Caesarea. And he could have, like, done the, done the deal there for Jesus in, in that context. But what, what did Paul say? I, th- I believe he had a word of the Lord directly. He said, I appeal to Caesar. He went to the top. <laughs> and why? Because the downline of the witness for Jesus Christ was multiplied about a million times by going to Caesar in Rome instead of just sharing it with this little group in Caesarea. So what in your life, what in my life, what little opportunity that's about seed size, how far can we run with this thing? Well, this is what happened to me with the cello. Uh, in the, this is cello number two. In the cello number one, in the back of the cello, there was two holes drilled, two quarter inch holes, uh, I don't know why anyone would drill a hole in a, such a nice, beautiful instrument. But I was in one shop of one of these experts, and he told me, hey, do you know what those two holes are? And I said, no. Why would someone do that? And he goes, well, you know. And he said, I'll just tell you. This cello was made in Rome, Italy. And if you go back to the, some of the large Catholic churches there, you'll see these frescoes of these processions of the priests and the, all guys in these robes and the violin players, the trumpet players. The cello players had a belt around their chest with two hooks. And the cello was hooked. That's what the holes are. Oh. And he said, you know, it probably could be played on the street as well. But he said, this is a really nice cello from the best maker in Rome in the 1720s. So he said, the chances of this cello being played in St. Peter's, the top, for the top, is really high. So I was just talking to a pastor friend of mine in San Diego, uh, 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 Harold Bradison, who was an amazing man of God. Anyway, he was a father in the spirit to me. And Harold... Those two little holes, two little drill holes, he took it. He said, I'm just feeling the Holy Spirit on this. Do you mind if I run with this a little bit? I said, well, whatever the Lord's telling you. And so he ran with it. He wrote a letter 
to um, the Secretary of State of the Vatican. Uh, and he said, uh, he told him the history of the cello. And uh, I got, uh, two months later, I got a, a, um, a telegram from the Secretary of State saying, please bring this Vatican cello to the Vatican. We'd like you to play for Pope John Paul II. At that time, he was the Pope. In this large, in the, and get this, this was just blew me out of the water. This was, this was in 2000, 20 years ago now. But when it what is significant, because they said, we would like you to play it for the Pope. There's an outside meeting. There's 300,000 people, way larger than the 3,000 in Fresno. 300,000, amen. There's their word right there. 300,000 multiplication, right? When you, <laughs> anyway, catch up. It's 300,000. And they said, and it's broadcast live on television. The estimated audience is 200 million around the world because it's the millennium year. This is the largest event of the Catholic Church in a thousand years. Wow, Lord, really? Now, I'm, I'm, I'm not Catholic. And so I kind of was, okay, well, what's the, how far can we run with this? And what's the purpose? What am I supposed to do? You know, some, can I just say this? Sometimes the picture is a little out of focus for you and I, but God's going to clear it up. He's cleared up, but sometimes he won't clear it up till 11.59. We have to walk by faith through, through the out-of-focus part on the side of the thing until, until God focuses it. I still, so on the plane, I was flying over. Okay, so we're going over. You know, everything's connected, right, in our lives. Everything. God is just, he doesn't waste a second. And so I was, uh, I, we're flying over there, and I had planned to play. Okay, so, so anyway, we're, we're going. So, um. But I have to, to say something before that, that happened before I went to Rome, because this was part of the story too, and this is what involves cello number two. There came a point, it had been a number of years uh, since I had done the dollar a month and the everything. Anyway, there came a point where, um, where I felt like the Lord said, it's time to give a Bible, and it's the word of God, and it's time to give, a, you know, 50 or so letters that you have, all these letters come from around the world, you've got to pick 50 of them that, that would be good copy them, put them in a book, and give them to this billionaire uh, as a witness. And so I, I was excited, but like I said, there's other part of me was like, but Lord, what if he gets mad and takes the cello back because it's still his? <laughs> and uh, of course, the story that came to mind was Isaac. <laughs> I said, but Lord, what if, what if, what if? And the what ifs took me over. We got to rebuke the what ifs, man. And so I just started to get into the what ifs and what if, what if, and and the Lord said, "What if? What if he takes it? Are you going to obey me and give the gospel to him? Are you going to? Is his money mean more to you than? Oh, does the cello mean more to you than getting the gospel to this man?" He said, "What if he takes it? What if he gets mad?" I said, "Well, Lord, oh, you got to help me through this. I will." At that point, I was married to Noel. <laughs> Lord sent a help meet. Because, thank you, those of you that know Noel, <laughs> uh, my wife Noel fears no man. She just fears. She, you know her. She fears no man. <laughs> God bless her. And so we, we took the Bible and the testimonies. I went up to their home, and I didn't get a chance to meet um, to him that day until later. I met his wife. And, uh, boy, it was a different thing. She was very, very upset and met the table and she said, um, first thing out of her mouth was, I've decided I want the cello back. Oh, 10 years. I mean, it had been on CBN, all these other television things. I was like, God, where's a lot to lose here? I was thinking, 
Noel, my wife, didn't miss a beat. Not a second. She goes, you can have it. <laughs> there, was a, there was a part of me that's like, oh, Noel, Noel. But the Lord said, no, let her go, let her go. And she's, she's, she's coming against the spirit of intimidation. And she did. And she, sa- and she said, oh, you can have it. She goes, that cello doesn't define my husband. And it was like, And suddenly it turned into, it turned into let's have dinner tonight with my husband and let's talk about it. Okay, and so, but I almost gave, I almost gave the Bible and the testimonies. But the Holy Spirit said, no, I told you I was, you're going to give it to him. Don't, don't do it. Oh, no. So anyway, the day changed. The night we're at the dinner. And, uh, um, and then all of a sudden this, uh, I'm telling you, this, this happened exactly this way. Her, her uh, contact fell out of her eye onto the floor. And Noelle also wears contacts, so she's helping her look for it, you know. And the Holy Spirit said, you have three minutes. <laughs> you have three minutes to give the Bible and to give the testimonies. Do it now. I said, all right, let's go. <laughs> so, so I gave the Bible, I gave the testimonies, and, and I, I had highlighted John 3.16, just in case. And so I, I kind of, I handed it to the Bible. You know how you hand the Bible sometimes to someone, like, you, you open it to them. And there was the highlighted John 3.16. And I said, you know, I have a scripture that um, God gave me for you. And he said, oh, I can read. Okay. So he took it and he read it. And he read John 3.16. And he said, that sounds like a good deal. How's a business guy like me get in on a deal like that? And I said, you know, if you don't read another verse, you can get in on that one right there. That's it. And he said, well, that's amazing. You know, I, this was, is this a Christian Bible? I said, yep. And he said, um, this is the first Bible I got. He was 80, at that time he was 80, 80, 89. 89. First Bible I got, he said, I got an eight book of Mormons that the, that the Mormons talked to me. They're sitting on a shelf back home. But, you know, little details, uh, I, I had felt like the Lord said, put, uh, put his name, emboss, by faith, emboss his name on the front of this Bible. And so when I, when I arrived there, one of, one of the people that knows his family a little better, they said, you know, it's really kind of, it's interesting. One of his uh, just oddity thing is, is whatever has his name printed on it, he'll never throw it away. So we need to, uh, uh, amen, so we need to listen to even those little, little details. God, there's a bigger picture, amen, bigger picture. And so, uh, so I gave him, and he said, he picked up the Bible, it's spiritual, the atmosphere got a little hot, I think, and so he picked up the, um, the Bible and the testimony, he said, um, you know, it's all seemed kind of like hogwash to me, but, uh, okay, is this my Bible? I said, yeah, he goes, okay, see ya, and he left dinner. I was like, oh, what about, can I say again, bigger? Picture. Everyone say with me, bigger picture. Okay, that was then. So um, in the end, okay, so, so now um, I, I had one thing wrong about the two months. No, it, a, a year went past. So the cello was, was, uh, the cello was given back to me. Um, and they said, well, I'll take it. I guess he just wants you to play it. Because he said, he, as he left the, day, the building that day, he said, oh, let him play it. We're never going to play it. Just whatever. And so she said, well, I guess you take it home. So I took it home. Well, the devil tried again a year later, um, and this is the time that I got the, um, the, uh, the, uh, the telegram from the Vatican. And so, so what happened, though, the month before was I got a letter that said the cello is finally done. You need to return it, and I'm going to lock it up. Wow. Okay, Lord. Sometimes there's just, a, there's just a bigger picture when it looks like everything's locked up, when it looks like everything's closed up. And not with, not with Jesus. If you, if you give me a few more minutes, i got to tell you the end of this thing because 
is exciting. <laughs> and so, uh, uh, so I, I, the hardest thing, I, I, I had to let the cello go. I, 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 for a month, I had no instrument. And it was really, I was really, I was, you know, Noel, God bless my wife again. She said, honey, if God wants to play the cello, he's got another one. And I said, I like that one. <laughs> and she said, like that one. Okay, Lord. Well, like that one is here today. Lightning does strike twice in the same place with God. The world says no, not with Jesus. And, uh, uh, and so, so my, at the end of this month, I was supposed to go down to Los Angeles, play down there, and I didn't have a cello. And so I borrowed one uh, here in the Bay Area from a local shop. I borrowed one, took it down there, played it, came back. My parents, unsaved parents, uh, had, had, was not happy with worship and missions for a number of years. Um, said, well, what do you use for a cello? And, and I told them, and they said, well, we just like to buy it for you. We just feel we should do that. Knowing that I was going to continue in worship ministry, which is a big thing for my parents. Anyway, they bought it. Long story short was um, I took it back to New York because the sound was the same as the other one. And an appraiser in New York City listened to it, and he said, I don't know. He said, this is a pretty nice cello. He said, um, my parents bought it for 25000 which was huge, but, and a sacrifice uh, for them. But the Lord does a bigger picture. I took it back to New York because the, the tone was just too good. And this guy said, uh, you know, my opinion on this instrument, this is, this, is a, this is an Italian instrument from the 1700s. It didn't have a thing in it. 1700s, so same century. I began to hear the word restoration. Same century. And he said, now he could have said anything, but he said, the value of this instrument today, this was years ago now. The value, this is 2000, 20 years ago. He said, the value of this instrument today is, I don't want to go too high here. Are you okay if I just leave it at 200000 Exactly the price to the dollar of cello number one that was taken. Isaac that was taken. God will take care of Isaac. So this was my little ram in the thicket here, right there. God did it. But his story is not over. He's, Stay with me a few minutes if you can. Because now, okay, now we've, we're walking through this. Now I'm back to the telegram. Now, I'm, now I don't have the cello. The, the Vatican invited the cello. They didn't invite me. Which was, you know. It's kind of, I felt like when the guy said, I don't know if you're good or not. The Vatican, the Vatican was like, we would like to invite this famous Vatican cello from the 1700s. And, and so my friend in San Diego, he said, well, you're the player. So just go along with it. They invited the cello. So I had to call them back and, and, and say, uh, well, I got this invitation from the Vatican. What do I do? Because the cello is locked up now, right? Cello number two is here, but cello number one is locked up. So they said, uh, well, of course you have to do that. Um, so they let me have the cello for a month more to, to go and do it. Um, anyway, so we got there. And again, I want to say bigger picture one more time. I mentioned a moment ago that my parents were not saved yet. Those of you that have loved ones and not saved yet. I prayed for them for 25 years, man. Nothing. Until bigger picture. I'm flying over there. I'm going to connect some dots now really fast for you. As I'm flying over there, I was ready to play, um, you know, Amazing Grace or something. I wanted to be a witness there, right? Big place and very religious and everything. And uh, not being Catholic, I was a little worried that I'd be discovered at any moment. <laughs> be hauled off to the side. So I said, I'm, Lord, I'm just going to worship you there. That's what I'm hearing so far. That's right. Worship and missions. That's what you do. Okay. 
So I'm on the plane, and then I get this other message that said, um, not, not, you don't get to play what you want to play. We're going to tell you what you're going to play. You are going to play, you know, you're going to play, but you've got to hear this. You're going to play this song called Song of the Birds. It's a beautiful, actually, it's a beautiful Spanish Christmas carol written by the famous cellist that the king of Spain said that day, the most famous cello player in the world is from my country. This song he wrote, he played it at the end of every concert he ever did, even in the United Nations in front of all of them. He did this song of the birds. And, uh, and it was the first song I heard at age nine when I started the cello. Oh, Jesus. There's just a bigger picture. I just want to just got to say today, there's a bigger picture. And so we go over there. So, so now I'm like, now I'm feeling that, wow, where's God's going to do something. So I get there and uh, uh, I, I remember the day, uh, just before the, the event, a couple hours before, I'm standing there, the family got seated, they went with me, and, and that's another story, but we got, we got there, God just provided supernaturally. We're sitting there, and I, I looked out at the crowd, and, uh, and the Lord just reminded me of the way back to Fresno and the symphony thing. And the Lord said, um, are you glad you practiced? <laughs> what? I said, what, Lord? All those hours that you said, why did I practice all these hours? Why did I train if I'm just going to... If I'm just going to be doing worship ministry and missions and not the big career. He said, this is the largest crowd you will ever play for. <laughs> and he said, are you glad you practiced? He said, I used all that time when you were a teenager wondering what, before you were even saved, all that's for now. So I just want to say, things that have happened in your life maybe long ago, don't be surprised when the Lord drags out and says, all that is for now. And there's a, there's a preparation, there's a moment, you know. And the song's only two minutes long. But I was telling someone the other day about this. Um, God, Jesus did a lot in three years, didn't he? Huge amount. And, and uh, uh, yeah, with no address. He just did this amazing. He was everywhere. Um, and so, 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 so I, okay, so I'm flying. We're there. I'm looking. I'm seeing. And then I sat down to play. And, uh, wow, the, I didn't, I wasn't, I hadn't prepared. One of the things I hadn't prepared for was the opposition. Because I was in a very religious place, very, and uh, you know, Pope John Paul sitting over there, and I, I, I couldn't remember the first note. I put my bow to the string. It's on international uh, 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 live television, so you can't screw up. And so I'm, uh, and I couldn't remember the first note. I said, Lord, you know those prayers, those prayers. You know those quick ones, like, God. <laughs> you know, there's there's no religion there. It's like, God, help me right now. And I, I did quick one of those, and and the first note came, and it was all okay. He said, Just worship me, you'll be all right. So I finished, and, uh, and then, um, uh, and then the, the director of the orchestra, I finished playing, and then he said, um, he said, the Holy Father wants to meet you. Holy Father. So I said, wow. And, and uh, so on the way over there, uh, the protocol, one guy shared with me the protocol. He said, well, now you have to bow the knee and kiss the ring, and he had this whole thing. When you meet the Pope, you got to do this. I, I was thinking about I was from Twin Falls, Idaho at that moment. I was not being prepared to do this. And, uh, and so then that still small voice of the Holy Spirit, I just knew it was God. So simple, right? The message is so simple. He said, you know, this is what the Lord told me as, as I was walking over. He said, what he really needs tonight is not another protocol. What he really needs tonight is a, just a good old-fashioned hug in the name of Jesus. Would you just give him a hug? And, you know, my mind was like, security breach, security breach. <laughs> and the Lord said, just do it. And he said, and he's praying for everybody. He said, who's praying for him? Will you just do that too? Oh, give the Pope a hug and pray for him. 
all right. <laughs> so I'm walking over there. I wish I had the video to show you this because they did capture on video. But I'm walking over there, and so, so out comes the hand, and I, you know, I, I took his hand, and I pulled him in, and I gave him this big hug. And I just said, Lord, it was a really simple prayer. Lord, just make yourself real to him in the way that he needs. You know what he needs. You know all that's going on here. Touch him. Sometimes just all that's needed, you know. Touch him. And, and then as soon as I turned away, I, I, he, he, well, for, he looked me in the eye, a little tear in his eye. He said, he sighed a big sigh, and he said, thank you so much. It was just this moment, this, like, moment. As soon as I turned away, the Holy Spirit said, thanks, you're done. You can go home now. <laughs> and I said, and, and I felt the Lord say, that's why I brought you. But once again, I felt that bigger picture word that I was hearing this morning in worship. The bigger picture, there's, it's, still, it's still playing out 20 years later. And I want to just, I, I, I know this is the third time I said, I'm really going to cut it short now. Is it third close? Okay, this is my third close. This is the real one. Online, you can grab another Coke or coffee. And, no. So, no, but this is, there is a home run on this thing I want to, the Holy Spirit, I believe, wants to hit as I tell you this. Because, uh, so I left. One of the downlines, one of them, remember back, all the way back to what the Lord said about a soul being saved and a life being touched. You need to be part of that in some fashion, connected to that some way in all that you do. Well, two of the people that were watching online, two of, the, two of the 200 million, I don't know who they all were, but two were my mom and dad. And yes, they watched. Turned out I heard later, after they had passed, I heard that they had the entire town in their house. It was stretched outside. But they had told me they really did not like the worship and the mission part. But they were so proud of me that night that it was their son. They invited the whole, everybody. And my mom and dad, I, I had a meeting with them, and it led to several meetings with them. And finally my mom said, you know, uh, we saw you up there. And, you know, we know where you're from, my parents said. And uh, you got to explain that thing. So I told them. And then my mom said, after 25 years of praying, she said, can you tell me that gospel thing one more time? <laughs> Come on. She was 81, my dad was 86, and I told her, and I said, Mom, we can pray right now. She goes, I'm ready, let's pray right now. You know those moments where you, it's, it's like so surreal, the thing that you hope for and dream for, suddenly it's happening, and there's a certain little bit of a disconnect. You have to kind of like, God, help me with it. She's really praying right now. And so we prayed, and she received the Lord, and my, my father received the Lord. Another story, but he received the Lord. One month later, my mom was gone. Four months later, my dad was gone. I'm sorry. One month later, my dad was gone. Four months later, my mom was gone. Just in time. Okay. The, the end and the tie-in here is that uh, at the very, at age 99, the guy who bought the cello, I was sitting down with him, and a pastor friend of mine was, was with me, and he had, in, in there, he had put a, uh, he had put some um, um, grape juice and a, some wafers on this table and covered up with napkins. Anyway, we were sitting together in this, in this hotel, and it was over by the bar. He prepared that in, in advance. And so we were sitting there, and my pastor friend said, Can you, would you like to share a meal with us? Oh, sure, that sounds nice. So he motioned to the bartender. He brought over this tray, uncovered the thing. There's, and, that, and she had just enough Lutheran background. She said, you know, that looks like, that looks like communion. 
don't we have to be Christians to take that? And this guy, you make the most of every opportunity. He didn't miss a second. He said, yes, you do. And then he waited just the right amount of time, and he said, but we can take care of that. We, we can. <laughs> and so, after 18 years, that billionaire prayed with me and his wife to receive Jesus in his wheelchair. And so, it was about his soul also. But it's all connected. I, I didn't talk too much today about our mission. We are missionaries of this house. But you know, there was another word. This is a two-minute only, Pastor. But i got to tell you this to, to everybody. The Lord gave another word, and somewhere in the room here that heard this word. They heard the first word, and they heard this other word about children and nations and multiplication of everything I told you so far that was happening to me. Now it was time to multiply this thing and go into the nations, not just me and not just America, but into the nations of the world through children that are in the jungles and the deserts and the at-risk and the all-over, that they're going to play these instruments too, that they're going to go back to that original word that I heard from Violet about uh, the, the front of the Jehoshaphat armies, and they're going to be the worshipers, these little kids, and they're going to take the presence of the Lord into leaders themselves, that actually the word was not just for me. It was the word to the leaders and the presence all is also to them. And that's what's happening right now. That's what's happening right now. And I just just... As I close this part, I just want to say, Symphony of Hope, what we're doing right now, what this church supports us in. Um, make the most, I had a rag, I would wring it out, but make your one more drop in whatever rag you're holding. Whatever a rag I'm holding, if you can picture it that way, there's one more drop in there. Let's twist that thing one more time. Let's go to prayer one more time. Let's believe God one more time. And, and, and so, so, Last week, two years ago, the Symphony of Hope India recorded the national anthem of India. I said, this is a new text. This one, oh, I thought I had a big audience at the Rome thing. Nope. <laughs> when God multiplies, it's bigger. Last week, three big mega churches in India wanted this video of the kids playing the national anthem. And their networks in India and around the world, in India alone, reach over 100 million households. And now my, the 200 million was the Vatican thing. But then, through worldwide networks, including God TV and all these other networks that they do, uh, these churches, they reach three, oh, an estimated audience, that they told me, of 300 million people worldwide. And the the... the they weren't just playing it for a, for, a, for, a, for a government celebration. They were playing it in the middle of a church where the gospel is being preached. And so the gospel and Symphony of Hope India, these little kids from East India jungles who never saw violin ever in their life, no parents, a lot of them orphans, a lot of them are children of the martyrs. They lost their parents to martyrdom. Last week, this is a week ago. One, no, no, two weeks ago, sorry. Two weeks ago, two minutes 300 million, mm. let's make the most, they made the most of every opportunity. So I want you to pray for them. In Germany, this is the final close. In Germany, I just tie it all together, brother. Yes, thank you. Are you having a battery? Good. In Germany, I was on the way to start Symphony of Hope Germany. And, and the plane ride, the Lord said, teach them 
a mighty fortress is our God, that old hymn. Don't teach them how to play the open strings and all that because I have a whole curriculum, right? No, teach them mighty fortress. Okay, Lord, we'll get there. Teach, take one month. I just cram mighty fortress down there. <laughs> Come on, guys, you got to learn it. I don't know why, but you got to learn it. Three months later, the mission, uh, YWAM mission-based director in Germany, Symphony of Hope Germany, she's there. And she said she's in prayer. And, she said, and the Lord told her, put all the Symphony of Hope kids in the van. Drive uh, an hour north of here. The kids are going to play for the chancellor of Germany today, Angela Merkel. She was like, what? Oh, but she was used to the voice of God. She put him in the van. Obedience went, drive, went there. And, uh, uh, you know, an hour later, the kids were ushered before the chancellor. And they played, you know, wrong notes and everything. They were only three months learning. But Angela Merkel, the most powerful woman politician in the world today, over Europe, and just she has such a loud voice. When it finished, she said, this is why I lowered the borders and let in a million refugees into Germany from the Middle East for programs like this. This is integration. They're playing a mighty fortress. That is our song. Oh, Lord, thanks for that little heads up you gave me on that. She goes, Mighty Fortress by Martin Luther was written 500 years ago. That is our song. That is our anthem. And all 10,000 people, she said this to all 10,000 in the meeting in the middle of her political speech. She goes, you just can't believe what I just heard before I came out here. She talked about Symphony of Hope, the kids, what they did. And she said, uh, Mighty Fortresses are God. All 10,000 people rose to their feet, cheering for, not for her, or for the kids even, but for a mighty fortress is our God, the title. Because there's so much fear in the world, they wanted to hear that. And so... And so what, I, what I'm saying is, the Lord tied the word about the children together with the old word about the leaders. That's my story. That's my, I'm just going to tell you, that's my story. But, yes. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. But just, I'm going to give it back to Pastor here in a second. But I just want to say again, to, I'm talking to myself too. The two things I heard in worship today. We're bigger picture, bigger picture, and make the most of every opportunity. And so just now, in this one moment, let's ask the Holy Spirit to show us what's going on in our life. In the middle of all this pandemic stuff, and it doesn't matter, all that stuff, God has a bigger picture than COVID. God has a bigger picture than what's going on, all the fear. God has a bigger picture. Amen? Lord, we ask you right now to give us part of the bigger picture. Show us, Lord, the next part that we're supposed to walk in. Lord Jesus, give us fresh faith. Put fresh wind in our sails, God, to see this bigger picture, Lord, and just know that you've got it, even if it's not clear yet. Bigger picture. And Lord, if there's two little holes in the back of some of our lives and something, maybe it's not a cello today, but maybe something is two small little drill holes that would go all the way to the top. Maybe there's something in our lives, Lord. Maybe there's a two holes in some thing that we're involved with that you're encouraging us today. Run with that. See how far you can get for God's glory and for God's honor that a soul would be saved, a life would be touched through these little two holes or this little this or this little that. Lord, we don't despise the day of small beginnings. Jesus, help us, Lord. Bigger picture and help us to make the most of every opportunity. Thank you for listening to the Encounter Church Sermon of the Week. 
If you would like to learn more about us, please visit EncounterJesus.us or search for Encounter Church San Leandro in your app store.